This is a Think Live Be production. But I just, you know, I think it's this time of year you see just agent after agent posting like we did this much in sales volume. And I saw somebody recently share on Facebook kind of a question to just to sort of start a conversation. But like, do do people even care or know what that is? Because does it really matter? No, I don't. I mean, it's kind of like just a touch, right? More than anything, because it's like if you're a single agent and you're in the and you tell another single agent who's been in the business and you say, I did 87 sales last year by myself. You go, wow, that's a lot without an, without a, an assistant or anything. Wow, how did you do that? That's incredible. But if you say to somebody on the street who knows nothing of real estate, I did 87 houses, they could very easily go, that's it? Well, yeah, like, it's all, it, it's, it's all it, subjective. Yeah. And I think the bigger thing is it just depends on what you want to do. Like, Well, that's true too. That's a huge part of it. Like so some people... Yeah. So yeah. So if your if your goal is not eighty seven units, it's twenty, and you hit it, and you're proud of it. I understand. Like you want to, you know, you want to share that news and information. You don't want, and it, maybe you don't want your, you know, your life to be consumed by real estate. So you've got a goal of or this is your, you know, uh, or you're not just starting your career. You're winding down your career, and you've twenty sales is good. That's what you want. That's or, it. You uh, hit your goals. It's like you can't be. Don't be ridiculed well, because you only hit, you did 20 sales when that was what your goal was. Or you sell multi-million dollar houses and right. 20 sales means you made right. a lot more money than I did. Right. Yeah, no, that's um, true too. And it's just all, like, I don't know. And this isn't a judgment, like if you posted something on Facebook that said, I did this much in volume or this many years. It's not a judgment on that. I'm just, I'm just saying from a consumer's perspective, like, I wonder what they think when they see that. And then maybe we also get kind of um, overwhelmed with it. Like how many people on my Facebook are also realtors? So I saw like post after post yeah. in the new year, yeah, like so I didn't this see and this and you you didn't see any. And so so maybe it's just in our industry, in our world, we see all of that. That's why I was saying maybe it's just like a touch because. But isn't there, I guess my point is, I think there's probably better information to share. Sure. Because there is no context for for that. Like they don't know if it's good or bad or anything. Right. That's And that would be my fear is like you say, you know, you're a good agent. You did, you like I said, you're, 87 was is a high number. So let's say uh, you ha- had set a goal for yourself to do 30 sales. Um, as a single agent, and then you hit your goal of thirty sales. Like I said, for for the the uh, just the the person out there who doesn't know anything about real estate, when they hear you did thirty sales, thirty isn't in the grand scheme of numbers is a pr- is pretty low on the number scale. So you and I both know that thirty sales is really good, and that you hit that was what your goal was, and all of those things. But to to Joe Schmo on the street, they go. That's all you did is 30. That doesn't sound very good. Well, that's very, but, but we know that that's not true, but you know, it's like it, it, you have to 
so I remember sitting. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. It's not really. It's it's related. Right, <laughs> um, I remember sitting in a listing appointment once, and the the seller asked me how many units I sold, and nobody. Wait, had, what was that? I'm sorry, I missed that. <laughs> so, keep up. I'm sorry. <laughs> a seller in a listing appointment once oh, asked okay. me how many units I sold. Uh, the previous year. And I thought that was really weird because no one had ever asked me that before. And because I don't think s- consumers really care. I think he read an article online somewhere and thought that that mattered. And then I felt like in that moment that I had to explain why, because I was like, well, what if he views that as too low? Right. And so then I was like, I like to keep it. <laughs> I think I said, I like to keep it around that number because then I know that I can maintain the level of customer service. Mm-hmm. That was a good slick like finish. Yeah, because I was, I, I, <laughs> and then I took the that first, listing. That's the first thing I was thinking is, you were like, well, what if it's not enough? And then I was thinking, well, what if it's too many, right? So you say, well, I did this many. And well, then what he, is he, he looking for? Yeah, you read in, <laughs> no he read, read in an article. Who knows what he read? Yeah, you know, it's like now all of a sudden you did too many, and I become a number. Is that what you're saying? Like, right. You know, it's like you have it's a no. Lose, lose. Well, yeah, because you don't know why they're asking the question, yeah. and why then, is that when the when the question should have been why is that important to you <laughs> I and, and actually what is it that you're trying to get to when you're asking me that question I know but if you did say that if that was your response then they would be like well because I want to answer yeah why can't you just answer right. like uh, you're, yeah. are, why are you being evasive <laughs> right I, I mean I mean I can tell you what the number is but what but you're asking me because you want to know what is it that you're really asking yeah what is it that you're really asking <laughs> Do you want to ask? You want to say that in a listing appointment? I don't know how that no, would go. No, <laughs> I don't think you would say that. But I, I mean, that is. I mean, in that moment, like, just be honest, and then, you know, say what what is why would somebody want to work with you? That's my like. Tell them the answer, and then immediately say why would someone want to work with you, and what's your unique value proposition. But I guess my point is like, because it's at the beginning of the year, we are being inundated. I say we, me and Kayla, obviously Pat's not seeing any of this, but inundated with like post after post. And there's two things. So number one, I think a lot of times agents look at that stuff and they feel less than. Sure. I mean, that's what social media is. (laughs) It's creating an uh, image of yourself. That's That's not true. (laughs) That's not true. I mean, that's the whole point. So you can't look at what other people are posting. You're not seeing all of the other chaos that's happening They're just showing you what they want you to see. Yeah. You know what? I did see somebody post that I thought was funny. Like uh, it it was like a little graphic that said the number of sales and um, uh, I I think it had volume too, but then it also was like offers written sleepless nights and like coffees drank or something like that was cute. Yeah. 15 or whatever. 25 offers accepted. 3,000 written. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was cute. It was a way to sort of spin the, the, yeah. the stuff. But and then sometimes people will say like X number of families served, you know, to try to spin it that it's not I'm not just bragging about sales. I'm saying like the number of people we helped get into houses mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But um, virtue signaling. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is that two things can happen. Like, number one, you it, as an agent can look at things and feel less than I feel fortunate that I my I'm usually my personality is more like I don't really care what other people are doing I only care what yeah. I'm doing you tell and me not to worry about other people I did just the other day <laughs> yeah you can't you don't know what those person that what that person's goals are well and so, that, so how so why would you ever 
Well, and that's the thing. Like, I just know what I want. And so if I'm not, if I'm not happy or, or whatever about my own personal business, that's one thing. Like you can have your goals and then be upset at yourself if you didn't hit them or like you just want to do better or whatever is like that internal drive that makes us. That's the only thing that matters really. But it is the only thing that matters, but it's easy if you look at Facebook all day to get in that mindset of like, oh my gosh, like how do they do that? And like. Why can't I do that? And blah, 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 blah. And like. And, that, and know that there's a very large percentage of other realtors out there looking at what you're posting and saying the exact same thing. Yeah. About and you. I you even, know. even like um, not too long ago, I was looking for a referral agent. And again, in this world, that's sort of how we like um, dictate who I guess is successful by the volume or units or something. So, so somebody told me like their volume in a way to sort of say, I would love to help your clients move somewhere, you know, and here's, here's my volume. And I kind of thought to myself, okay, yeah, that's like a good number. And seems like you make some good money, but like, I'd rather know, you know, what's your process for helping the, like a buyer, for Mm -hmm. example, like what's your process look like? Well, we, I'm sure everybody, what's your communication? What's your response time? What do your clients say? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure every single person listening to this has an agent in their office who does a lot of volume, but... Has a lot of bad reviews. Yeah, has bad reviews or or just is like, I wouldn't do it that way. Like, they, like I see what they're doing and I don't like... I don't like that. Right. So so volume doesn't mean anything. But also your perspective of of I don't like that. That doesn't mean anything either, because there's a million ways to do this job, just like any job. There's a million different approaches. The only thing that matters is when you sat down in November and said, this is what my plan is for the following year, that when you finish that following year, that you hit and surpassed those goals. That is the only metric that matters. The the certificates of, hey, good job from the broker or the whatever, all of that. Wait, can I tell you something? All of those things that, that I got put on some sort of a list for whatever, uh, none of those accolades. The only thing that matters is the number circled of this is the number of units that we wanted to do. And this is the number of units that we did, whether okay. it's above or below at the end of the day, those are the only things that really matter. Well, I don't 100% agree. Why? <gasps> yes. <laughs> um, I just think um, there's often times that I don't hit my goal because I make it absurd because um, <laughs> I have a tendency to like really stretch the goal beyond probably the the realistic number. And then that can also like derail people, you know, and and you can feel like you're not doing well enough because you didn't do something that really wasn't realistic. Well, don't you think that every single football team that goes out there before the t- before the season starts says we're going to go undefeated this year? Like that's okay to have those no, 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 unrealistic goals to shoot for. Yeah, yeah. No, you what should. I was saying is I just I just mean I disagree that like the only thing that matters at the end of the year is if you hit the goal. I I I think um the only thing that matters is if uh you had a good time doing it. <laughs> well, I mean, I was talking about. I was talking about. I just what mean like comparisons, you... like comparing yourself to somebody else, or whether. Yes, uh, I know. 
the comparison is is the numbers comparing what you set out to do and then what you actually did and looking at that yes of course I, the 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 fun is the journey i know i was, it. I was yeah, it's I like was what you learn silly. along the way and all of that yeah 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 i know i was being silly but um but i just mean that yes you can't ever compare yourself to other people and so why are we in this habit of like bragging about it is it for the clients because i don't think that they have any context for if that's good or bad so why what so i don't think it's for them and i don't know that it's for is it to tell other agents that you're doing awesome i don't know like i guess i'm just questioning like why or is we as an industry do that and yeah. and somebody posed the question the other day um it seems like i'm on facebook all the time i really don't look at facebook that often no, i was like i'm on more than you are <laughs> you are i really don't go on facebook very often um for this reason it's like it's just a, a suck of time but somebody posed the question which was you know true like what other industry do people um kind of brag about like i did this many heart surgeries this year <laughs> I, did, I, I did this many you know yeah mcdonald's does over a billion <laughs> well, so and then i was thinking well attorneys kind of do at least here like they'll brag about the amount that they earned someone yeah but what is that it's what they earned somebody. So the consumer cares like, oh, yeah, you earned you're saving me this money. You saved me this money. So I guess that's what I'm posing this question about is like, what should we really be sharing when we're we're like, if we're going to brag, let's brag about what matters to the, the consumer. Right. Because that's all they care about. Yeah. So that's. Well, it's not, and at that point, it's not really bragging. What you're doing is you're you're telling the consumer what you have to offer. Promoting. Right. So. Yeah. If you can say at the end of the year, we saved our clients and you do, you look at your, how, how many of your offers came in under asking price that, for your buyers or uh, over asking price for your sellers and you add up all of that. We saved our clients $250,000 this year or whatever it happens to be. You know, um, well, and and even like I do. So we we did we're we're sharing that number, and I like the sound of that because it does sound like I not two hundred fifty thousand. I just made that up. Yeah, you of course, made it sound like yeah, yeah. But I just mean that, we are that's a nice goal though. We are sharing that kind of information this month, mm. and I do think like consumers do care. But you could say like, well, but how do I know? Like, what is that per mean? deal? Yeah. No, like. The, so it's kind of arbitrary. It, it is. It but is. at least it has some sort of place in their mind of like, this matters to me. You saved your people money and that matters. Yeah. Well, I think the same is true with with the like the lawyers. It's not always like so and so, so and so got me two million dollars. Sometimes it is. You see it on a billboard or something like that. But a lot of times it's it's just you don't remember that person. You don't remember any of that, like any of that stuff. It's not the it's just the idea that there's that they're getting money for their clients. It, it's right. not not the specific person. It's not the specific lawsuit. It's not the how much money it was. It's the idea that they're getting them lots and lots of money. That's all you really remember. So when in the the um, traffic and the chaos of of social media where nobody's paying that close attention to you anyway so as long as they know you're saving them money 
that's that's good enough. Like mm. the actual number itself doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter if it's a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, a million dollars. It doesn't make any difference. Just like a billion sir, a billion burgers sold or two billion, it, the mon- the number doesn't matter. What matters is that you're saving them money. Can I? Ch- so um, this is a little bit off topic, but sort of the same. Um, so you mentioned like accolades and stuff, <clears throat> and so. Well, I guess I'm going to brag. Um, <laughs> but a couple years ago, I had like a Orlando Regional Realtor Association um, 20 under 40 thing. And that was really cool. It was it's like it's good to get awards and to feel recognized. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But at the end of the day, I remember in that ceremony or maybe it wasn't the ceremony. Maybe it was like, I don't know. I was talking with somebody and she was like, this is going to change your career. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. what? Nobody cared. No, no one cares. Nobody cared the except peop- other, other, me and my little heart. I was like, oh, look at me. And other agents <laughs> who wanted to be a part of that, right? But in the grand scheme of things, it's like it works as a touch. Well, sure. Like stuff. telling telling people and they and, and they might look and say, oh, good for you. Um, and then forget that that happened. Yeah. And it's like it is just something to use as a touch when you get something like that. But at the end of the day, how does it impact? How does it make the um, when 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 I hear young agents setting goals and stuff of I want to be the uh, the best in the, in the office or whatever, um, that that kind of thing is is noble to like want to want to well, do that. It's good but- to have drive. That's what I mean. It's like it's like setting those goals is is important. Whether it's whether it's I want to be uh twenty what was it twenty, 20 under 40. twenty under forty or or best new agent or whatever it is. It's like all of those things are valid points. I think that's called rookie of the year. I just watched that movie <laughs> last night. Is that a movie? Yeah. What. What movie is that? You haven't seen Rookie of the Year. It uh-huh. sounds like vaguely familiar. It's a classic. Who's in it? I think Ralph Macchio was a little kid. Oh, I don't know what that is. Well, anyway, sorry but for all, all of the all of those things are super important because you want to have personal goals that you want to want to reach and stuff. But all of those goals are re- no, that's not the right tense. Um, you can reach all of those goals all of the, by doing something else. Well, hold Does on. Does that make sense? Like, like, yeah, like but it's it all stems from like the number of sales that you've done that get you to that other thing. So. But wait, let me just say, I think you're talking about two different things, though, because you can set a goal. Okay, if you want to be number one in the office, like that's an okay goal to have for yourself and your business. Right. I guess I'm just saying when you reach that status and and you go to share that with other like clients and people, is that to inform them that you're awesome at your job? Is it for them or is it for you? Mm hmm. And it's okay if it's for you, yeah, I, like it makes you feel good. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But what I think you always have to sort of spin, uh, I was going to say rewards, awards, um, <laughs> awards and accolades. You have to spin it to why does this matter to the consumer if you're going to share it with them? Right. So that they know why that matters. Like, why does it matter that um, we're number one, you know, mm-hmm. we're not number one. <laughs> we're number two. Um, but... Why does it matter to them? And then, then write your little post and share it. Yeah, I guess. I guess again, that's, no judgment. No, no, no. I'm just. It's just something that's been on my mind. Yeah, I, 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 I think that having those, having the, any of those goals, whatever they happen to be, when it comes to wanting some sort of accolade, whatever it is, 
Um, it's perfectly fine to have any of those goals for yourself. Trying to get those goals because you're saying, well, because it'll it'll help my business, I think is a lost cause because I don't think the consumer knows what any of those things are any more than they know what an accreditation. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 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 accreditation. I'm not saying that wrong. Designation. Designation. <laughs> like like all the initials that go after your name on your business card. Like, is that important to you? Yeah. And did it help you learn and have and, and be more educated? Yes, yes, yes. All of those things. Does that help the consumer? No, not at all. Because they're not paying attention. Well, you know what stuff. I think that is? So here's a good example. So um, again, I got my uh, the certified luxury home marketing specialist designation last year. And... When I got it, I remember in the class she was she was like, "This is gonna be so good for you," right. and, and I'm like, "Cool." And and listen, if you're marketing to luxury home sellers, they would benefit from you having additional knowledge mm-hmm. about the luxury market, right? Mm-hmm. But just your general client and consumer does not care and does not know, right? Like it, I've got it in my little e signature, and it's there. Just to make me feel good. Right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's there just in case somebody I'm talking with has a luxury home that they might recognize it and they would see value because it's additional education. And that, But that's even a little bit different because that has like its nice little logo and it says exactly what it is. But I've seen other ones like where it's like for... I don't, I don't even, I don't know, but it's just a series of letters that come at the end and it's like, the, that's the, what, that's what this is. There uh, is a logo, but there's like, a logo, but okay. So what's, what are, what's well, the, yeah, what's the G under your, after your name, the G what? G-R-I? Yeah. Oh yeah. No one knows what that is. I guess that, you can't even explain what that is. <laughs> Those are the, that's what <laughs> but you learn something by getting it. Yeah. So yeah, just so you know, guys, it's the graduate realtor Institute designation. And if you try to explain to somebody what that even is, but <laughs> it's their eyes just glaze over. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it was three courses. Are you going to try to explain it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was three courses over the I don't know. It probably took me two years to complete, but I had to take like GRI one, GRI two and GRI three. And you learned a bunch of stuff you did. And I learned a lot, by the way. I don't know what the class is anymore. So you didn't do it so that you could get those number, those letters next to your name. No, no one has ever even. You did it to learn. Same as like wanting to be what rookie of the year. It's like you're not doing it to be rookie of the year. Well, you everything you learn to become rookie of the year is why you're doing it well that becomes a byproduct of doing the work the same as your byproduct are those abbreviations at the end of your name but you didn't do it to have those letters next to your name you did it to learn and that's a byproduct of it is you get the certification yeah i mean i think you can go at it from either way like you can choose to um, I want awards because that's uh, like, like that makes I me like feel shiny good. Shiny things on the shelf. Yeah, I like I like to get mm. everybody. I, see, yeah, I guess everyone's different. I just I can't see it that way. I can see it as like I'm just, but I'm I'm one of those people who I look at this. I put blinders on and finish this one thing, and then I move on to the next thing, and then all of a sudden at the end I can look back and I did all of it, and it's like there. But I can't if I was always looking at this thing way down here, this this shiny award. I would never be able to get there. Yeah. Because I everybody, I wouldn't, uh, that's just, that's just me. So. Well, yeah, everybody's different. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever approached anything like intentionally trying to get 
an award. Mm-hmm. When you get it, though, it's fun. Yeah, like, yeah. don't get me wrong. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, and there's definitely like sometimes there's milestones that are like important to you for you to feel. Mm-hmm. I've felt that. I've never done an art show to get best in show. Yeah. It's nice to get best in show. It's nice. I, it's nice to get that award, but I've never done it with the intention of wanting to get that because then it's like it feels what if you don't get it then what well yeah but yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying is like so we have this industry where um you know people kind of brag about their successes and then it makes everybody else feel less than when they don't have this you know when they're not able to post that or they're not happy about what theirs was so they don't want to share it and it's just a weird it's just a yeah. weird industry it really yeah. is um it sounds like a lot of like uh like in between the lines bragging and a lot of like i don't know like well i do think that there's a certain ego that exists within the industry and again this does sound judgy okay maybe i am judgy is it because everybody (laughs) i'll say it what it is is everyone's owning their own business well because there's a lot competition so like you are you're constantly every day you're competing but you actually it's one of those only jobs where you're competing but you actually work with the other industry owners the other business owners like if you're a painter have a painting business you don't work with other painters right that's true but in yeah this, you in, have to co-op with people who are you're in direct competition with all the time so there's this this thing like if you're a if you own a painting company you never have to talk to another painter ever it's just you Which, but within this business you have to like network with your competition all the time <laughs> it's weird it's a it is a weird thing yeah it, it is this is a weird the weird well, job. I think. Okay, here's my thoughts. <laughs> I think some there are some realtor business owners who promote their numbers in order to show their like the work that they've done in order to get some sort of recognition under their name that builds up over time. Who then turn into industry teachers or. Um, people who sure, have courses and have coaching programs now, and I think you're talking about jazz. credibility. Yeah, that's the word I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, which so okay, and I guess that's what I was saying at the beginning is that so what's credible to consumers? So if your if your goal, let's say your goal is to become a uh, a teacher in the industry and have seminars and travel the country and do that, then you would need credibility as a salesperson first, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to go out, you got to make the sales, and then you do have to promote your experience to build credibility with people. Why would I want to listen to that person or trust that person? And so you can build that credibility through doing the work yeah. um, or join an organization that already has credibility that is promoting like like coaching, for example. Mm. Um, so there's that. And then so if you apply that to real estate and the consumer is the the agent in that other scenario or the person who wants to learn from the teacher, then the consumer needs credibility from the agent. I guess what I'm saying, though, is I don't know that volume or units provides the credibility because they don't have a perspective on what is good or bad where we do as agents you can tell me how many sales you did over your career and that's why you're a teacher now and I'm like cool I can respect that and I can see that you've you know what you've done I just don't know so if you were to say you had yeah so if you had posting your numbers of we did this many sales or whatever you would probably get more out of 
posting reviews from people well, for sure right? i mean like that that is because it's a personal thing that people can well yeah they you're you're building credibility through other mm. people telling what the experience was which is what i was saying earlier when right, like, when oh, someone tells yeah. me their sales i'm like cool i really would rather know like how you're going to treat the person though that i'm referring like whenever i'm looking for a referral agent i want to like physically talk to them and see how that interaction goes mm -hmm. and ask them about like how do they what's their initial step on working with buyers and like try to understand what the experience is well, which can, is what a review is is telling yeah. people well think about it just in any other in any other um job career like if if job career you can tell we're recording in the morning this is this is early um, morning <laughs> um the uh like we were talking, I was talking about painters earlier. We've had, we're trying, and because it's on my mind, because we're getting quotes and, and people are coming out to, for that, for that. And, um, of all the painters that have come out, I've never asked them, how many houses did you paint this year? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't care. All I care about is do they understand what it is that I want and can they do the job that I, I need them to do and when how quickly can we get a quote and how long is this job going to take and all of those other things that go along with it. But I'm cer I certainly could care less about how many houses they've painted this year. Well, because what if they told you um, 12. 12. What does that mean? Well, so then you kind of like, okay, so if I heard 12, I might think that's not very many. However, I don't know how big it these houses are and, and takes, how much time and, and, and what your process is. It takes four weeks to do a house. And it's like, that's one a month. That's 12. Yeah. If that could be, that could be totally normal. If they say 200. Okay, well, that means that you have a giant crew, I guess. I don't, I don't know, but that's why I don't ask the question. Doesn't make a difference. You should hear Pat with with vendors, though. He's like grilling them. He's like, so what? What process are you going to use to stain these shingles? Well, I want to. I want to <laughs> know. Just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, <clears throat> I wanted to share with you guys that you're listening to our podcast. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. You're going to share share it with them in case they just turned on their headphones and were like, what is this? <laughs> um, I'm really bad at doing the intro. I get going and then I just forget to come back to it. Um, but anyways, this is our podcast called Seeking the Best and it's the podcast where we try to seek out the best in ourselves and overcome the personal and professional hurdles being in this crazy industry with a bunch of egomaniacs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm Catherine Stelges and across from me is my director of operations, Kayla Boundy. Hi. And our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire, Patrick Fadika. Good morning. And I'm totally just kidding, but I, I, about the ego thing, but there are a lot of, there are definitely a lot of personalities in this Every business. industry has somebody who's just For an sure. ego monster. For sure. And there also is like, just to be fair, like if you think about um, attorneys as a, another example, you'll see the attorneys commercials on on TV and it's always their face and them talking and it's like is that an ego thing or is that just a marketing tactic so that you recognize the person you can't sure. like like judge them for going on but again my point is what are they telling the consumer and I just think we should do a better job maybe I'm talking to myself too, like do a better job instead of just posting the just sold well Kayla you do a good job when you post the just sold photo of like the story like yes. uh, the little bit the little snippet about like the person or the like we just helped them um they just moved here from here and we got them under contract in seven days or whatever like the story which some people do do that and that's good and that i think resonates with people because yeah. it's like oh okay so you 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 helped them you know negotiate a multiple offer situation and got them under contract i know that's really difficult right now so that sounds like you're doing a good job with that and it and it and that's goes out to uh, clients or potential clients and other 
agents, they both can get something out of that. And it also, um, it does what we were talking about where there's a personal connection Mm -hmm. to it versus just a number, you know? So you want, you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. All right, let's take a break. And we're back. So what if we talk about what consumers actually want in their real estate agent or not what, what they want? I mean, we will cover that, but like maybe what we should be sharing and what we should be focused on in these um, campaigns and social media posts that would actually resonate, I guess is what I'm saying. Like what? Well, so I, I looked up like what are the top things, you know, I think we all know like sellers want the most money with the least hassle and stress. And then buyers, I think it kind of depends for buyers on if you've got a first time home buyer, um, an, an investor. Yeah. yeah. Like an investor might want more um, data and like just strictly like pumping offers out. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Um, and then the first time home buyers might need more guidance and handholding and all that kind of stuff. But in general, I think that all comes back to communication. Like they want somebody who is going to communicate in a timely fashion with them. And I think what matters about that, so that comes back to reviews. Because how do you deliver, how do you explain to a consumer that that's what they're going to get with you? They're going to get a high level of communication besides just telling them. I'm talking to you right now. I'm going to communicate to you. (sighs) Yeah. Take my word. I mean, I mean, you could. If we if we skip over the reviews for a second, because we know that works. I mean, you could do a marketing campaign that's based all around communication, yeah, and, and how and and how you do it, or using you know for uh, this is off the top of my head, like uh, um, using state of the art technology to be in constant communication, blah 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 blah, using examples like like you guys use command or whatever, or the new app right or whatever that ha- we and and showing elements of constant communication and and understanding your needs and blah 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 and there are ways to kind of build marketing campaigns around that versus we just sold a house in your neighborhood like you know what i mean well so what about like so okay not not that i've got everything figured out but one of the things that i do think works well is like the expectation or not the expectation this well that too but the standard like setting the you mean, standard. You mean your like your your company's standard. Yeah, like if you say so. Whenever I'm working with a seller, or when I meet with a seller in a listing appointment, one of the slides in the listing presentation says my communication commitment to you, hmm. and then I tell them what that means, and and so they know exactly what to expect what in that. It, what does it mean? Well, it says like um you know we do we have uh basically 24 access to updates as we're doing things in the background 24 through our access yeah like automatic updates we used to have we've done different things so we used to have a website where they could just look at and all the updates would be there automatically and they could look at it anytime and now we have it through command so it sends out like everything we're doing in the background is getting checked off and then it sends out an email update every single day mm-hmm. so now i say like you get automatic updates every single day or whatever and then um um, for a seller, mm-hmm. every Thursday we put together a comprehensive email with like the, basically the data about the showings, the feedback from the showings, what we've been doing to market your home. And then I'm going to call you on Friday 
or call you the next day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that way you're going to hear from me at a minimum of two days a week. And you're also going to get your automatic updates. So you're never going to wonder what what has Catherine and the team been doing for me. Right. I literally say that. (laughs) What has Catherine been doing for me? I say, you never have to wonder because we're going to tell you before you ever ask. Right. So that's, those are things that are important. Well, that's what they want, right? Right. They want to know what's going on. They, they want, um, they want feedback. They want to know what people are saying about their house so much so that sometimes people are literally listening in on cameras. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but that just goes to show like people want to know what's being said about their house. And a good example too is like, so it takes time to get feedback from buyer's agents. Like it's like pulling teeth sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so let's say somebody, we list a house tomorrow and the first showing happens well, the first bit of feedback is going to come from that first agent usually. Um, and it can take a day or two. Mm-hmm. But the seller already is like, what did they think? Right. They're excited. They want to know. They want to know. So we, you know, we just try to get ahead of that and and like let them know like, hey, so we're going to get showings. It takes a little while to gather feedback. That's why we do the comprehensive email update. But I know it's important to know what's going on. So on our first couple of showings, we're going to try to get feedback to you as quickly as possible just so you have an idea of how that first couple of days are going. Right. That's just what people want. And same thing with buyers. I think communication to them means, um, you know, m- more responsiveness, I think is a better word for buyers. Mm-hmm. Like they really do to a certain degree want you to be at their beck and call. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they don't mean to be that way, mm-hmm. but that's really what they expect. And so the same thing with them. No, I don't have a specific thing that I say for like standard communication. Like I don't say you're going to talk to me a minimum of, well, that's not true. Um, When we first set up a search, we say like, even if there are no houses available to look at this week, Mm -hmm. I'm going to follow up with you on Fridays so that they know at least a minimum time once a week we're going to talk um, or touch base, you know. And so just setting that standard, whatever it is for you, so that they know what to expect. And then maybe like do some research and see what people want. Like maybe they don't want to talk to you two times a week. You know, I don't know. Um, but that's at least having something to go off of. Yeah. And and then sharing that with them when you have the opportunity or, or saying like we did. That, that, that All of those things are all things that once they're your client and stuff. But how do you... What are some, how do you get that out there? Like on social media posts outside of reviews, right? Like we're saying like they don't care so much about how many sales you did this year, but these are potential clients that we're talking about maybe on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is that your whatever your platform is. Well, so for example, like I have this little like personal mantra, like I don't like people to go to sleep wondering what's going on with an offer. Mm. So like, instead of saying, you know, I had, I sold this many volumes of this many volumes of real estate last year. Why don't we post something that says, um, in 2021, not a single one of our clients went to sleep wondering what their offer or what was going on with their offer. Mm -hmm. Um, you know what I mean? So basing your posts more off of Maybe the th- I'm just maybe, making this stuff up, guys. No, I know we're, <laughs> we're just we're just spitballing here. But maybe what if you if you're out there and you're doing your reviews and you're getting all of your reviews, maybe go through the reviews and then pick out some things specifically of like, well, obviously this was important to them because they wrote it in the review, right? And then take that little nugget out and use 
if this was important to these people that wrote this review of me and my business, then that's probably going to be important to some other potential clients. So let's use that little nugget and turn that into a thing mm-hmm. that we can use for a post. And and we can do that multiple times. And maybe if you actually sit there and you kind of, you know, in a, in a weird sort of way, spreadsheet your reviews you will see what it Kayla's is. Kayla's like spreadsheet. <laughs> I <laughs> did get bigger. She wasn't <laughs> listening until just then. <laughs> then you can, you, if you spreadsheet those, you can see like, what is it that people are liking about what it is that I'm doing? You know, you have to have a pretty, a decent sized number of reviews to be able to do that. But if you, if you are doing that as a focus of your business is getting those reviews, you could probably do that pretty easily. And then that could turn into what it is that you're, how you're promoting yourself in a in a personal and connective way to potential clients versus just throwing a bunch of numbers out. So I actually I was going to kind of go one by one of things that I in my research like people want from real estate agents, but I think I'm just going to say them all out loud because they all kind of work together and especially if you're talking about you know, how do you share this with the general public and specifically social media? I mean, you can sure you can do a print campaign. You can do you can do many things with this information if you collect like what people are saying about your process Mm -hmm. so that, you know, um, you know, what's important to consumers because I'm about to tell you what (laughs) what they what they've said in research and then track that through. um, Well, I have an idea. So anyways, the top one is honesty and and integrity. Well, duh, like don't lie. They don't ever want to work with somebody who isn't honest. That's super, un- you know, understandable there. And um, I don't know how to tell you to be honest except to just be honest. Yeah. Um, knowledge of the process, responsiveness, knowledge of the market. So knowledge of the very the second one, knowledge of the process. Uh huh. That could be done in a way that you what you're doing by saying we've sold. 98 properties this year that's a clunky way a very clunky way where you're expecting the potential client to read in between the lines that you that you know the process well but they have no idea if 98 is a lot or not so it's not working it doesn't work but okay so back to in the first segment we were talking about um, what if your goal, what if you're entering retirement years and your goal is to sell a lot less houses than right. you did at the peak of your career? Are you saying you don't Does know that the make you less knowledgeable about right. the process? Of course not. Yeah. So I, I think you just have to think about this through the eyes of a consumer. Which is what good advertising and marketing is. <laughs> so, okay. So knowledge of the process, responsiveness, knowledge of the real estate market, communication skills, and negotiation skills. So we talked about communication. Um, Is negotiation skills, would that be like what we said earlier? Like we saved our clients $250,000 this year. Yeah. Well, and so in in reviews, I know we keep talking about reviews, but I mean, come on, there's somebody else bragging for you. It's the best way to get the word out there that you're doing a good job and that people... um, People are valuing what you're doing what for you're them. Yeah. yeah, what you're offering, your services. So when somebody writes a review, um, you could kind of point them in a direction. You know, you can say like, hey, I really enjoyed working with you. I'm so glad we were able to negotiate $15,000 off the asking price. That's a really big deal in this market. Do you mind writing a review about your experience 
and and maybe just mentioning that because I really want to highlight our our negotiation mm-hmm. skills this so year. Point them in a direction. Yeah, tell them what what's important to point out. Right. Um, and then then that way you never know because some people's review of, of movies are I liked it, <laughs> right? <laughs> or or I, it was bad, and it's like so you don't know what person who's writing the review if you point them in a direction and give them a a kind of a, a subject to write on on yeah. the review, then you you might have a better opportunity to get what you want. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, communication skills. We talked about that. Just letting them know like what, what you're like having a standard and letting people know what that is. Um, I think that's a big deal. I do think people can also see communication just by being consistent in, in sharing. Like if you're consistent on social media and you're consistent in emails and you're consistent in calling them with your quarterly calls, those people like the sphere and the past clients, like those people that are watching all of that are seeing how you communicate. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be more likely to be willing to refer you business because they know you're going to respond because you always do. And then um, also like some people have a standard of like I return all calls by the end of the business day. That's or I return all calls within two hours, like whatever it is that you your thing, your thing make that known to people mm. um, and then just do it. I think that's the key too. is well, like, that's do the whatever. First one. That's, that's honesty and integrity. Yeah. Yeah. The minute you tell, well, this goes back to our quotes that we're getting on the house is like, it's not that you think somebody's lying to you. Like, so when some, we get a quote for a paint job and somebody says, I'll have that to you by the end of the week and they don't get it to you. It's not that you don't think they were telling you the truth like, I don't think we think they're liars, but there is this, like, all of a sudden this distrust yeah. that they're going to do what they say they're going to if do you, in the future. Yeah, if you can't tell me, if you tell me that you're going to have me have that quote to me by the end of the week and the end of the week comes and goes and then I have to reach out to you on Monday and say, hey, what about that quote? And, they, and then they say, oh, yeah, we'll get that to you in a couple of days. And, and then it takes a couple of days to get the quote. Well, how is the actual job going to work well if you're telling so yeah now apply that to real estate right so in my listing presentation i'm just making stuff up i always do what i say um (laughs) in my listing presentation though i tell you you know we're going to get you top dollar and we're going to make this an easy process and i respond you know every day i call you back before the end of the day and then you call me and i don't call you back right and then two days pass and then i make an excuse for why i didn't call you Mm -hmm. two days I know. Well, I'm just making stuff up, but yeah, this never happens. I know. That person just lost a bunch of trust because I didn't follow through on what I said. And this is really important to them. This is the most money possible. So then they start to doubt everything, everything that you said to them. Yeah. Um, I'm only realizing in this moment how critical, I mean, it's always been an important thing, but just think about that. Like even just one time you miss calling someone back. Because for you, you've got, I'm not you personally, but for any agent, it's like you've got a bunch of clients and and it's just one phone call. But to them, it's the only thing. Mm-hmm. So it means so much more to them than it does to you. It's like you 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 have to remember you have to look at stuff through their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so knowledge of the process, I think. So there are some ways that we talked about in the first segment like having going and doing additional educational classes and having designations it's 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 like it can be used to explain that you know the process mm-hmm. same way that yes telling people you sold a lot of houses can be used well, but you've got to be able to i think re 
reword that to you be more just, of a yeah well you have to use it you can't just like like we were saying about all those uh initials next to your name you can't let the client read between the lines and go well this agent is just their name but this other agent over here is their name and then it's got it says gri and then it has another thing and then has another thing and another thing so that must mean they're really good at their job people aren't paying that close attention to know those things so if you're going to go and get those uh, certificates, those those uh, designations. designations. I, can't, I have such a hard time <laughs> remembering that word for some reason. Um, then, then you have to use those as a. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I, Good morning. I, I am usually just uh, pay attention. I know. Um, I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> well, well, what I was going to say is also. When, um, you know how we have guides, like we have, we've put together a buying guide and a selling guide. Um, and we use those as, um, you probably heard like a pre-listing packet or pre-buyer packet. Those are there to demonstrate knowledge of the process for you. Just the same way that if you use like video, um, to explain. So we also said the the market, like an understanding of the market, mm-hmm. right? So we do a monthly video update and it's me blabbing on about the real estate market. <laughs> now, do, if, I, if, if somebody happens upon that and they don't have a need right now, or maybe they do, it doesn't even matter. It's just that I'm talking about the market and I seem to know what I'm talking about. Then they Then I've built credibility that I know the real estate market. So same thing, when you put stats out there about the actual market itself not specifically you but just the market that helps build credibility too sure and then um i think people started doing that in covid because everyone thought the real estate market was going to crash so people started putting out like this many sales happen don't worry guys it's not gonna happen don't worry don't worry (laughs) um but that does build credit credibility that you have knowledge about the market sure so same thing with knowledge about the process if you put out little tips about here's how this works like hey you may not realize but you can actually buy and sell at the same time and here are the four steps to do that then you're showcasing knowledge about the process through those kinds of right shared um posts what was the other one? We said responsiveness. Um, I do think like, yeah, just sharing your communication um, and then doing what you said you're going to do. I think that all plays into that. And then the negotiation skills, same thing. Having people write reviews is way better than you telling and bragging about yourself. However, you can say things like um, the average list to sales price ratio. I have tried to reword that, by right. the way, so because that, nobody no, knows what that means. This is a great example of what we're talking about, though, is like using those kinds of words like in the general people don't have time to figure that stuff out. Oh, I just out. thought of something. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. 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 Kayla. <laughs> How many appraisal reconsiderations did we do last year that we actually got revised? You don't have to actually give me a number, but we had like 10 appraisals, 11 appraisals come in low. Yeah, nine of them. Nine of them. You got revised. Damn, I'm good. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But... uh, that is something like we could share that and yeah. say like the there have been some challenging times with appraisals over the last year because the market has been appreciating at such a fast rate. And we had 11 appraisals come in low and we got nine of them revised to a higher value to get our people more money for the houses that they sold. I know some of those were buyers, but you get yeah. my point. Like that is a good piece of information to share. Yeah. Um. But that's negotiating skills. Well, that's actually knowledge of the market. Mm-hmm. Take that back. Knowledge of the market. Um, and also 
going above and beyond because those things are a pain. And most people are just like, you're basically right. just telling, have to lower well, the price. Telling the, somebody of a profession that they're wrong. I love well, doing that doing. though. I know. But, and, and what you, what you kind of skimmed right past is not all of those were buyers. Some of them were, or not well, no, all of no them were sellers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of them were buyers, which you would assume that the other agent would take over there, but they don't assume. So, right. So the, the fact that you're, it doesn't matter what side you're on that we're going to we're going to make sure that this this happens it's surprising well, a lot of agents don't know what a reconsideration is or is how it? to do one yeah i don't know if it's surprising <laughs> i mean i guess it's not but it is well i think but even even sellers sometimes they don't know they'll ask like well what happens if this comes in low and we're like well we have options and here here's what they are and one of them is this option which is pain for me right. but i'm willing to do it and but anyway, also easy to put in your listing presentation as well, because the maybe they're interviewing somebody else and then they and they ask that question and they said, well, you know, but I'm also not a miracle worker. And so sometimes I feel like specifically this appraisal thing. It's yeah. like I'm I'm good at laying out facts. And so I, I do think that we're we can achieve that result because I do know the market well and I can lay out facts really clearly so that hopefully the other person can see impartially mm. that, oh, oh, yeah, I didn't see that one. Let me use that. Well, there's no guarantee because you, there were oh, two, I did there were two see. that went, went through that you did that too and they said, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> you so. know what though? Um, well, sometimes, you know, somebody wants to reconsider something and you're like, I'll do my best. <laughs> right, that's true too. Yeah. I'll do my best, but I don't really have much to work with here. It just depends on the comps that the appraiser used. Well, yeah, and if you can poke holes in, in their thing, but that's knowing, like I did, I remember I did one last year that um, for a buyer because they really didn't want to bring extra money, but they really wanted the house. And so it was kind of like they were going to close and no matter what they wanted the house they had you know decided that they were going to do it but they wanted me to try because they really didn't want to bring extra money to closing and so if we could have gotten the price raised that would have worked out better for them so I did but I looked at the appraisal and I was like guys I mean we talked about this like I really don't see a lot of holes in this this is a pretty solid appraisal and so you know I'll do my best but this is you're probably going to be bringing this money to closing. <laughs> so I mean, I'm honest with them about what's going on. Sorry, right. we've gotten off on a tangent That's here. Okay. Um, appraisals are my nemesis. You find fun in them. <laughs> um, but anyways, knowledge of the market knowledge of negotiation. Oh, that's where we left off was I'm, I'm trying to figure out a better way to explain that because I don't think people understand list to sales price ratio. And it's kind of a big deal. Like if the average across a certain area is 97% of asking price and you're earning 99%, you're doing a, you're doing something better than average, right? Or your average would be the same. Right. And so you're, whether it's marketing, photography, like you just have, um, you know, whatever you're doing something better, or maybe it's negotiation Yeah. and that matters to sellers. They want to make more money. So if you can explain to them that, that difference. Yeah. And we're not talking about in the listing presentation. We're talking about like in some sort of social media posts. Yeah. Like that's that like in the actual listing presentation, easy enough to do. You can figure out what that percentage difference is in what they want to sell the house for and show them what the actual number is. And stuff, but doing that in a social media post. Well, you could just be, say like, "Well, we sold our listings for four point two percent more than the average agent." Right. Yeah. I mean, it, you don't have to say list say, to sales you could price say ratio. Average, average house, average 
uh, house uh, s- sales price in uh, your zip code is uh, $380,000 and we save 4%, which is a so- total savings of X. And then at least that way they can kind of, well, our house is worth more than that. So that would be even more money that we'd be saving. Like you could kind of just do it in a, um, where you kind of present the formula, yeah, I guess, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyways, I think it's better for other, like back to the reviews, it's better for others to brag. So yeah. same thing, if you've got a listing that you sold for more than um, any listing that's sold in the neighborhood, by the way, like if you have one that it's like, well, that was the highest price per square foot sold in this neighborhood all year, or this was the highest sales price. That's something to share because that means you did earn more. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe the house was just nicer, but reality is it's probably something that you did because that still means that you had to get through potentially an appraisal, all of the hurdles that come with being the highest price sale because an appraiser doesn't want to give you credit for that. They're going to put you somewhere in the middle. Right. Um, and so that's the stuff I feel like that you should brag about because it matters to the people out there that are potentially wanting to work. Yeah, and it's easy to wrap your mind around. Yeah. If you can explain it. <laughs> yeah. I actually, um, yeah, if you can explain it in, in a brief, but it's a personal, easy it's, to it's digest. More, it's a more, piece of information. Rela- it's more relatable to somebody who might want to buy or sell a house. Well, yeah. That was the whole point of this conversation. I know. <laughs> What's next? Well, let's take a break. Okay. The Think Live B team is an Orlando based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. ThinkLoopB is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. What's next? Life is for living. Let's see where the soul might lead. I said life is for living. Let's see where the soul might lead. All right, I did made a little jingle this There's week. A jingle. So Can this we get is... the old school microphones? What's the matter? These microphones. Oh, you the want metal. Them? Yeah. Um, they are not very good Ugh. for what we've But the aesthetics. The aesthetic is nice. Well, and nobody can see us, so I like She's them. talking about those old 1950s microphones that are all made out of, like, look like they're made out of stainless steel or yeah. aluminum and stuff that Elvis would sing into. That's what we use on our t-shirt design. Yeah. And Kayla wants to use those to record with. Just let, Just pretend like you are. Okay. We'll just let our listeners know. I'll close my it. eyes. <laughs> okay, so this is our what's what are they called? Affirmators. And our affirmator card. Affirmators at work. And it's um basically it's a, so affirmation cards to help you help yourself without the self-helpiness. <laughs> um so this week I pulled the card that's titled Drive. And it says, no matter what my energy level is today, I'm lighting my motivational furnace and burning with drive. Starting now, I'm the reigning badass of productivity, and I'm about to blaze through my entire to-do list and then some. And then some. And then some. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um, what the end, and then some is what, what is that, Kayla? I always say, I don't know why, and then some. It's it's didn't her, you, it's her little. um that was like a. 
Yeah, it's her it's her like little term for like an extra thing that you would do for a client that's like not really our job, but it's in and then some. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. It is cute. Um and so, so you may so we try to you try to keep agents or admins or TCs or whatever to always have that and then some what's your and then some yeah that you did this week let yeah. me tell you thing. though I don't think that this card this um pro- badass of productivity has time for and then some <laughs> because those are like the little extras that well, you do well the I know I'm little extras kidding. as in like we have a buyer who needs hand holding the and then some is to just be conscious and top of mind of communicating and knowing that they extra. need hand holding right. without telling them like I know you need your hand held uh, right just giving them a little bit extra <laughs> yeah when they need it or yeah whatever. a little attention because we know from experience that sometimes they're just buyers who need to a be little, held and, and little, coddled and a little more of an explanation and yeah. all that stuff well, I was reading this though, and I that is our cute little thing. But um, I was thinking, drive like last week. I felt super productive. There's like a little lion on this card, and he's Aww. wearing a crown that says B O P, and that stands for Badass of Productivity. <laughs> and um, I did feel that way last week. This this week, I my energy level is a little bit down. Um, but I'm working it's cold. on. I'm working on bringing yeah, it back. Yeah, the weather up. doesn't help. And this card really motivated me to get back on track. You said a bad word. <laughs> now I have to put a, a, a PG thirteen on. Oh, do you have to? No. Or you could bleep it out. I'm not doing that. That's too much work. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. I um. Well, we we mentioned we're reading Eat That Frog, so I think productivity and checking that stuff off is on top of mind. Yeah. Um. So it's just funny that I pulled that card. And being and the like, beginning of the new year and feeling refreshed and like we have yeah, use that new energy. goals to push towards. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to though. I want I don't want to be like like we it, we don't really do um we call those new year's resolutions. Right. But there's still this thing whenever you say like it's a new year and so we have we're going to we're all excited and stuff. There is this really easy thing that happens where you just kind of lose that motivation after a couple weeks because the sure. newness the newness goes away. You know how many gym memberships go yeah. there's so many people in the gym right now yeah. i can't even yeah, the, give it a month <laughs> yeah but i don't want us to be like that and we just need to just keep focused on the small goals i think relating to big goals yep. yeah breaking I it down think having breaking it down like um how we're focused on the quarterly goal mm-hmm. breaking it down to that it's like from the 12 week year just creates a sooner deadline yeah so then we refresh essentially at the end of quarter one for the new goals we have a new drive to hit those goals can i say um i don't think we talked about this but even if we did it's just a good reminder when we did our 135 this year which we did if you don't know what that is go listen to we have some episodes we had some disagreements um but one of the things that we did was we ran out of time by accident (laughs) uh and we had started so we set our big goal and we set three priorities and then you're supposed to have five strategies for each priority we got through five strategies of one priority (laughs) and we were so out of time i was like we gotta wrap this up an hour and a half too way too long So we stopped and then I actually had talked to my coach about it and I was like, well, we ran out of time, but like, here's like the initial focus. And she was like, you know what? Just keep that. Just work on that for the first quarter. Don't add a bunch of other stuff. That's been super helpful because it's only, Mm -hmm. it's five things. Mm -hmm. It's important things. Five important things. Instead of trying to build do everything well imagine so then it would be like 15 things. It's it's making it really easy for me to track like 
are we on track for this one priority, which is really the most important Isn't that one? The yeah. same as like what what's so um, attractive about about being a, a for some people about being a buyer's agent is mm-hmm. that it's you just have to focus on those five, five things. things, right? Yeah. There's five job duties, and, that, and that's it. You don't have to think about any of the other stuff. I can see how if it's attractive in that way for for a buyer agent buyer's agent, then it would be, you know. A, obviously extrapolating that to your yeah now they're not the same thing these are strategies but it's just it's like a simple thing to look at and i'm i'm glad that by accident we only had time to do that one thing because it it's just making it easy to focus to not get overwhelmed yeah Yeah. i think the overwhelmed part too because i mean when and then when we translate it to our own personal every role has their own little set of um activities that help feed into the priority of the team Mm -hmm we don't feel overwhelmed because we still have day-to-day items that we do on a a general and we have hyper-focus on these activities. So not having to create 15 different activities along with our day-to-days. I think that's that's a happy happy accident. Yeah. Yeah. Or we were just doing it wrong all along. (laughs) I like that. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Question from the web. I'm currently helping out a buyer checking out open houses. Last weekend, we went to about seven houses in a very hot seller's market, about an hour and a half from where we live. After each house, she kind of just complained about how expensive it was, too many people, uh, competition. And how she didn't want to pay more than what she sold her house for last year. After spending the whole day driving her around everywhere, she concluded that she wanted to wait a couple of months. I said, okay. And less than two days later, she randomly texted me a list of addresses in the same area and told me to make appointments this weekend. This is the second time she's done this. And I didn't question her the first time. Half of these houses are way above her budget and again in the same red hot seller's market. I responded that I had prior commitments, both personal and business, but the way she responded made it seem like I should be available at her beck and call and be able to drop whatever I was doing to help her. I texted back saying that I've noticed half of these houses are above budget and have you changed your mind about your budget? No response. Maybe I'm just a bad agent, but I guess what I want to ask is what kind of questions should I be asking her to try and get a better idea of what she really wants? And should I drop what I'm doing to help her? I'm just looking for some guidance here. Thanks. Okay. I would tell her to get out of the kitchen. But that's my I don't know what that means. She needs to get out of the kitchen. She can't handle the heat. (laughs) (laughs) The butt. Um, And now to Catherine's professional response. (laughs) Um, Okay, I've got a lot of thoughts. And so my initial thought is, okay, buyers are allowed to change their mind. And sometimes they'll say things one day and then change their mind. So Mm -hmm. if it's been two days... The the biggest thing she gosh. was frustrated in the driveway, going this sucks, and then thought about it some more and said, "Yeah, you know, well, and that could be the case. Maybe she also adjusted her budget. Like she said, she only wanted to spend what she sold her house for. That doesn't mean she can't qualify for more. I don't know all the details, but maybe she thought about it and was like, well, you know, I'll I'll adjust my budget so that I can find something. I don't know, but that's the whole point of 
of this, this problem that we have with texting. Like I love texting too. It means that I don't have to talk to people. That's cool. But you can't have a back and forth conversation and get a straight answer from text messages. Yeah. Um, and so when somebody changes course like that, you have to pick up the phone and you have to get them on the phone and say, Hey, I'm, I'm curious. So the other day you mentioned that you kind of wanted to pause the search, but it looks like you're ready to get back out there. What has changed? Yeah, she, and she said she texted her back and no response. Well, that's a phone call and saying before I book any of this, I think we should talk about strategy or something to that effect and get them on the phone. If you don't get them on the phone, then don't book the appointments. And then the other thing, so, okay, I'm kind of defending the buyer, which is rare because buyers, you know, can be crazy. (laughs) Um, But again, they are allowed to change their minds. You just have to understand why and help, Mm. help them move things through. So if she wants to up her budget, say, you know, get her on the phone and she's like, well, I thought about it and I guess I'm just going to have to spend more. So I kind of crunch the numbers and I think I can go up to this price. And I saw a few new houses that I think could work at that price. Great. Since you're willing to change the budget a little bit, let me take a look and see if there's any other houses that might be a match too that we can take a look at so that we make the best use of our time. Sound good? Great. Okay. Um, and then also, let's say you get her on the phone and she's like, oh, no, I haven't changed my mind. Um, I still don't want to buy for a few months. I want to see if the prices come down, but I just want to take a look at some houses. Well, then you have to make a hard, like, you know, conversation. You have to have a difficult conversation and say, you know, I understand that you're kind of curious and you want to keep looking at houses, but if you're not ready to make an offer, we should not be going out and looking at houses. Right. That's, that's disrupting the seller. That's disrupting the, uh, they're going to want feedback. You know, there's all sorts of issues. You don't even have to go into all that. What I said is like, if you're not ready to make an offer, then we should not be looking at houses yet. Mm -hmm. So when do you think you want to pick this back up? March. Great. In the beginning of March, I'll touch base and we'll set a time to start looking at houses again. Right. And and if and you just have to be ready to make those difficult conversations. But the reality is she probably still she was probably just frustrated in the moment and still wants to, to go out and find something. Yeah. She's not ready to really throw in the towel. And you just have to find out what's the most important things to you and what are you really willing to spend if you find these things and do a consultation. You know, it doesn't sound like Maybe there was a consultation. She just asked, can I see these houses? And you said, sure, let me go open these doors. And you have no idea what her plans are. Right. So I'm just, I just think you always have to um, ask questions. And then also we read into stuff so often. Like we think people want us to be at their beck and call. They want us to be available and responsive. Yes. But I don't really think they, I was exaggerating when I said that earlier, I don't really think they expect you to drop all of your plans over the weekend, but can you make time for an hour to help them see these houses if they truly are ready to buy? And so- I think in this particular case, from what I could kind of gather from that, it was like an hour and a half drive. Well, maybe you're not the right agent to be looking at houses with this person. Yeah, that's true too. Maybe you need to find an agent to refer them to if that's too big of a drive for you. Yeah. So I think there's too many questions to ask to find out what's this person's real intention and goal. Do am I the right person to work with them? Right. But if 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 the, if somebody if you have a client who gives you one response of what they want to do moving forward and then they contradict it 2 days later, 
it doesn't matter what we're talking about, whether it's this situation or a house with a pool or without a pool or it has to have a guest house or not a guest house or a garage and not a garage. It doesn't matter what it is. Something has changed in their process and you have to understand what that change is in order for you to make the best decision to save yourself the most amount of time and to find a house for them. Well, yeah, there's like a, you there's don't something, know something happened somewhere and that calls for a phone call and another consultation or you misunderstood her the other day. Either right. way, you need to clarify. Yeah. Clarity is power. Do, and you can't do it with power pizza. pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Small win. Kayla, do you have a small win this week? Don't even say it. Okay, but it is very impressive that the Bills went. It's, they got seven touchdowns in seven plays. Isn't football season over? Not it's yet. January. Not yet. Playoffs here, baby. Seven. There she is. I was looking for Biscotti this entire time. I was worried. Seven plays and seven touchdowns. That's that's great conversions, like 100%. Mm-hmm. Solid. Too bad, too bad the Think Little Beat team can't do that. <laughs> hey, don't doubt us. It's a new year, queen. Okay, so my small win is I it was I knew it was going to be a rainy day on Sunday, Sunday morning at least. And I went grocery shopping Saturday, and I bought everything I needed to make mini waffles on Sunday so that oh, I can sit in bed a- and eat my mini waffles with a blueberry coolant. And- coolant? Coolant. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it is? Coolie? Coolie, yeah. (laughs) Shoot. (laughs) But that was my small win. They were delicious. That's nice. That's awesome. Um, My small win was also rainy rainy Sunday. Um, I decided uh, I had pretty much been on my computer all day Saturday, and I was like, you know what? I am not going to do that again on Sunday, and I want to watch a movie. And I I made Pat watch a movie with me, so we curled up on the couch. And I don't even remember the last time I've done that. So That we watched a movie in the middle of the day? Yeah. It's been... Probably a decade. decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So small wins. Small that win. was fun. It was fun. I don't know if I could do that every week though. <laughs> you know what <laughs> happened? It made me exhausted. It did. You know, it was. We were really tired at the end of the day because we wa- we actually watched two. Yeah, we watched two movies in the middle of the afternoon and it was over and it was like 5.30 or 6 o'clock and I was like, I am beat. Yeah. <laughs> it was more exhausting than just doing stuff. <laughs> usually I get up and I just go, 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 go all day. I don't sit down until the day is over and stuff, but just sitting on the couch all day made me lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Funny. Every now and then it's good. And uh, my small win is we're almost done with the last part of the house of phase one, which is the master closet Yay. upstairs. I just have some stuff to do f- on the ceiling and uh, some paint. And then phase one is complete. And then the fun stuff gets to be started. <laughs> and I can put all my clothes back and, uh, so yeah. I can actually find stuff. <laughs> yeah. The master closet is totally empty. So the guest bedroom is full of all of Catherine's jackets. <laughs> like where's all my stuff yeah. hey guys remember to rate and review us on iTunes it really helps new listeners to find us you can also send questions letters and stories to us at our website on seekingthebest.com you can even leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show send us a tweet at seekthebestpod and for Kat Kale and myself thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week adios bye this has been a Think Live Be production <laughs>